You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Don't miss Midco SN's coverage of high school football in North and South Dakota this fall, with the region's best games airing live every Friday, followed by an hour-long recap of all the night's action on Varsity Sports Live at 10.30 p.m. Even if college sports are quiet, there's no slowing down Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shapes Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday, September the 29th, episode 77 all-time. We just passed our Diamond Jubilee Bill just a couple of weeks ago. He's Bill Shaves. I'm Alex Seinert. Uh, just catching up. Yeah, first pod in two weeks. How are things in Bill Shaves' world right now? When I think of 77, Alex, I think of Ray Bork. How about that? Mm, mm, mm. I think of him taking off his jersey... Uh, with the whole Phil Esposito thing. I think I'm correct with all of that. And then he uh, uh, went from 7 to 77. Seven, 77. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyways, all is good, Alex. Yeah, so it seems like we're a little bit on a uh, every other week right now. And I think that's probably uh, just enough because it seems like every two weeks or so we do get some news uh, that we can at least discuss and keep everyone updated as far as what's transpiring. I agree. I think it's been a good cadence. Just just enough base touches where there's enough to dissect. I like it. I like what's going on. Well, since we last potted two weeks ago, a couple of good tidbits of news that have come out from the NCAA and from the Missouri Valley. Uh, let's start with what happened last Thursday. And this was the Missouri Valley Football Conference releasing their spring schedule. And this was something that has been anticipated for a while. UND fans have been looking forward to seeing what the spring schedule will look like. And the, the NCAA had announced a couple of weeks previous when the playoffs would start, when they would end, May 14th, 15th, or 16th, somewhere in there, depending on how things work out with facilities in Frisco. So we kind of knew it's probably going to look something like this, but it was fun to see the dates and the opponents released. Now we have an idea of what's going to come late February for UND football. Yeah, Alex, uh, you know, once we got the dates of the playoffs, then uh, then we knew uh, where the regular season uh, was going to land. And everybody uh, is uh, obviously scheduled in the Valley uh, for eight games and one bye week. So uh, then we had to each uh, go back to our respective venues and, and kind of figure out dates. And interestingly, uh, even the schools that own their own venue, it, you know, it was you know, in, in some cases tricky because, you know, you might be taking the turf up. There might be uh, other types of events that are annual occurrences in those particular venues. And so, uh, you know, Greg Walter at the Missouri Valley Conference, give him a uh, uh, grade A on this one because it was trying to fit 11, 11 situations right into one sort of schedule at a unique time of year but we finally got there and as you can see our schedule it's uh it's unique for sure right um and, but <laughs> but so is in everybody else's and i think there was a thought process knowing when we were starting on uh, uh that weekend of kind of february 20th that if you could utilize domes uh or i should say maybe not playing uh in certain venues then and and, and kind of waiting a little bit that was at least uh, a principle uh in going into this but it all was relative to each uh, facility and their uh, availabilities that i would say was the first impression for most people i think when they see the schedule and see three home games for und you know right off the bat which makes a lot of sense you know it, it would not make sense for south dakota state to try and host a home football game 
in, on the third weekend of February in an outdoor facility. It does for UND. Uh, and it makes for a really interesting start to the season. We spoke with Bubba Schweigert last week, and he just talked about how excited they are to have you know, this, this home run to get things going, to get excited about the season. And really, it is kind of a gauntlet right away. You play Missouri State on the 20th, South Dakota State, who will be a top-five team in the country the 27th, and then a short turnaround, you get South Dakota on a Thursday night before the bye. What a fun way to sort of jump into this thing uh, in this unprecedented season that we're going to get to watch here in a couple months. Yeah, you know, the coaches were great. Uh, the conference were, was great. The uh, fellow ADs were great. Look, we're, we're trying to figure out uh, in a very, very atypical year, uh, how can you uh, figure out a schedule of eight and then, uh, and then head, knock on wood, to a, a playoff scenario where there's uh, 16 teams and not 24 uh, this upcoming year. And so, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, a lot of uh, cooperation occurred, uh, uh, you know, throughout the league. And so, uh, although it might just be odd that we're, we're, we're playing three in a row, there, there was some, some logic to it for sure. And uh, you're right, it starts off with a bang and uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. One of the questions I have about this, we don't know the specific schedules yet, how the Summit League will handle basketball. I think we there, there are some details out there about how volleyball will look in the spring. Obviously, hockey is going on at the same time. You have this, un, we keep using this word, but this unprecedented scenario where all of these sports are playing at the same time. How big of a logistical hurdle is that going to be when February comes around? And you've got, you know, the sports that are typically long done now sort of coexisting with these other sports that typically occupy that space. Yeah, it, it is... Uh interesting for sure and we have to make sure that what we believe to be true on certain schedules are true uh before we even set times to games and so there's just a uh um there's a lot of uh pieces to the puzzle internally here and uh and honestly alex really what might happen is we just might have multiple games uh on the same day they could be uh in the same windows possibly and you know we've got to think through the staffing side of it we still don't know whether or not there'll be fans or not so so there's a lot to be determined at this point in time. But I think the very first thing you had to, uh, you know, figure out as we're moving through all this is our dates. I mean, I think you start with dates, right? And then from there, then you can kind of then figure out all the other pieces. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be flexible. And, you know, and again, it just may be different this upcoming year when you have uh, so many sports playing in a short window of time. It will make for a hectic spring, but hopefully a really fun one uh, for our student-athletes to get back on the, on the court, on the ice, on the field, uh, and for the fans of these programs to get to enjoy them after having such a long hiatus from them. Yeah, so you know that probably leads us to our second uh, part of the discussion is on Friday, the NCAA sent out uh, guidelines regarding resocialization for uh, basketball. And again, I know we're using the term resocialization. Basically, it's how can you play, right? That's that's yeah. what it is. It's it's what does competition look like? And and so with that, we, we kind of uh, knew that the idea of having to test three times a week, three antigen tests, not to be uh, successive days uh, is is was going to be the recommended guidelines um, I, I, in reading the document. They're not necessarily mandates, but uh, for all intents and purposes, they, they should be. Um, and so now what we're doing, Alex, is obviously because next on the docket are the basketballs and hockey 
is to figure out, um, you know, how we satisfy those requirements. And, um, you know, I, I, I will say this as we're potting right now, as we're heading towards, you know, uh, the month of October, I can't say that I, I, I have a great answer right now on, on how that will happen. But um, I'm uh, <laughs> there's not a day and a minute that goes by that that's all I'm really consumed with, because I do believe this. And I said it on uh, uh, Tim and Paul's show last week is that we need to play. We need to play. We, we, we have to find a way to play. And if testing is is what it's going to take in that regard and that everything that comes along with it on a multiple time a week scenario, we need to figure it out. And, uh, you know, it, what, what's going to be tricky with all this, and this is what's happened uh, really uh, from July on, is it's the definition of available. And what's the available, uh, you know, what's the availability of making that happen and so that's what i'm spending my days doing at this point is uh you know trying to figure that out because as we know as basketball has kind of moved from that november 10th to 25th date uh the weekly testing is good for practices but once you start getting into competition time it ramps up to three times a week and so we've got to figure that piece out you mentioned that date of the November 25th, that Thanksgiving weekend date that now the NCAA has said that's when men's and women's basketball can begin. UND, of course, has games on the schedule, non-conference games that would be kicking off sometime around there into December. Any thoughts on those contests, if those will still take place or if that's going to be something that we're still just going to have to wait and see on? Yeah, it's uh, so, so what's happening in the industry right now is folks that are sitting in the chairs that I'm in right now, uh, they've either got one of two things occurring. Um, Either they're like me and we're all eyes on the winter and trying to figure out the basketballs and in our case, hockey. Of course, uh, there's only 40 division one ADs that are in that, uh, that mode, so to speak, when, it, when you're talking hockey, but, but for us, obviously that's a, a, a huge piece of our puzzle. And so, uh, but there's also another set of ADs around the country, Alex, right now are that are completely consumed with trying to figure out how they get their football teams on the field each and every week. And so that's actually occurring right now. So I, I would say that I'm not sure they have necessarily the bandwidth right now to, to, to continue to think through all the things that we're thinking through um, because that's next on the docket for us. And so that's why I'm so bullish right now to uh, you know figure this thing out. And uh, we've got to use the NCAA's influence, their scale, uh, the ability for for maybe them to uh, help us with either private testing companies, third party testing companies, uh, it'll come at a cost. It'll come at a price, and we've got to figure that out. And so, um, so because we have schedules, that's schedules and dates are great, but everything else that follows is really what we're doing and working on right now. Just sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun conversations <laughs> that are being had. And I use that as sarcastically as possible. What difficult decisions that people have to make in regards to all this. Just, man, 
I don't envy you, Bill. Well, here's here's and again, I, I, I you can come behind the curtain with us because if you if if anybody's in podcast land listening to this and you have good ideas, please send them my way. I'll, I'm I'm open. Trust me. Um, it, it is we've got to figure out the testing piece. Have to figure that out, obviously, because we have the guidelines that we've got to follow. Then following that is going to be what does travel look like, and 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 and, and that's going to then dictate potential schedules at some point in time. And so, you know, it, it, uh, but first and foremost, the, the the first place on the salad bar right now is testing. You've got to make sure that you can check that box. I mean, it, it, there, that's that's the uh, ante into the poker game, right? I mean, if you can't figure that out, then you can't go into the game. So so if you get into that and you get that figured out, then it becomes, are we doing commercial air or not? Or is everything going to be kind of on a commercial bus? Uh, excuse me, on a charter bus? And, and, and Or is there going to be potential charter air to some degree? And that's going to di- dictate schedules. And so I think there's a lot of conversations around the country right now. Each conference is trying to figure out their basketball schedules because, you know, I, I've heard anecdotally and, and some specifically at this point that some conferences are thinking about potentially playing more conference games this year to control their variables. And because normally, normally a conference is geographically, uh, uh, you know, closer to each other than say non-conference games and so um so all of that is happening literally in real time and so when this pod gets dropped guarantee you three things have happened already that i don't i'm not aware of at this point so we always timestamp this right at the beginning to say this is when we're talking about it maybe you're listening to it after some other things have happened but you bring up an interesting point about football and this has become more I don't want to say more of an issue, but now the fact that the FBS has now gone all in on fall. We've seen the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the MAC all kind of reverse course from thinking spring. Now they're back in on the fall. And, and that just, yeah, changes the equation a little bit when you're adding more teams in the mix that are focused on either an October or even a November start date for football. And it just, it's a moving target, isn't it, at this point? Well, you're seeing, you know, the interruptions on a, on a weekly basis. And even when you're watching a game, uh, in talking to many of my counterparts around the country, just uh, getting to the game and kickoff is almost a Herculean task right now. And and then you play the game, and it's almost like you exhale at that point in time, yeah. just uh, as you're playing the game. And as much as you obviously we're all competitors, and you want to win by a point, it almost feels like success when you when you kick it off. And so uh, the one thing that's interesting, though, that has transpired since potentially the last pod, uh, Alex, as well, is the platform for FCS got pretty uh, open for the spring, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I mean, I don't know if I have really an opinion on it other than I think it's, you know, uh, it's going to, in a sense, come after the Super Bowl. And there's going to be opportunity for this brand of football to get a spotlight like it's never gotten before. And I find that actually pretty exciting. David Pollack on ESPN made that point a while back saying how FCS maybe should always be in the string for that reason. You get a chance to sort of be by yourself. And he obviously got a lot of pushback on that of people saying, no, no, <laughs> that's not maybe the, the way to go. But in this one year, this one weird, crazy you know, 15 month period from last March until when this season will end in May, maybe it's not the worst thing to get your opportunity to be the only football game 
in town. And it's going to provide a great spotlight for a lot of programs in this country that maybe don't always get it because they're going up against the Alabamas and the USC's and the NFL. And now it's just going to be, if you want football, the FCS is going to be the place to go from February until May. Yeah, Alex, I, I'm open. I, I'm I'm open to seeing how it works out. Uh, you know, on an annual basis, sure. Why wouldn't we at least be open to that conversation? But I think that you know, your football has been so traditional, obviously in the fall, right? That it's just still hard for me to believe that that's where we would go. Like I'll call it on a permanent basis. I, I and and maybe I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I've been just regimented too long on that. But again, I think we all need to be open, though, as far as it could be one of the best things we've seen. And we we've obviously seen, you know, leagues try to carve out that springtime frame. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's maybe it's the colleges on I'll call it a regional setting that can own that space. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to get a better idea if it's possible here in a couple of months. But looking forward to the start of the season. Uh, obviously, the UND football team is getting ready to sort of open official fall practice on October the 5th. They've been doing some voluntary stuff and some light team stuff uh, 12 hours a week the last couple of weeks. That'll start to kick in with sort of, we've been joking about it, spring ball in the fall that will start on October the 5th. And that will ramp up, of course, until uh, we go past Christmas and get ready for the start of a, a new football season. It's going to be wild. It just just changes the timeline of everything. All the, all the normal benchmarks that you normally have with the football season have been flipped around, but it's still going to be fun. Something to look forward to for sure. I think so. You know, and I, and I think, you know, over the course of time, I, I, I think you have conferences that have made choices on why they do what they do with, with their athletic departments. And I, I believe that we're still pretty traditional here now where you have regional rivalries and I think they matter. And I think if you play it in February or October, I, I think it will matter. And so uh, so we're, we're excited about it. If there is a hurdle to all this, maybe just outside of the the scheduling conflicts with other sports, is there any issue that we're just not thinking about that might pose a problem come January, February? Again, assuming testing is good, all those sorts of things. What issues do you see with the spring season that might pop up, Bill? Well, I, I do think a number one is testing. I mean, you know, in talking to my counterparts around the country, you know, the definition of available uh, is interesting. So, you know, because someone says it's available doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's it's in your community. And so I think that is something, Alex, to keep an eye on. But uh, here's 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 the best way in my mind to get my head around it is that we're going to know a lot more about what the definition of available is based on the fact that we've got basketball and hockey happening before them. So, so at the end of the day, um, you know, that, that, um, definition is going to come to fruition, uh, well before, uh, the fall, uh, teams have to play in the spring and then the spring sports are playing as well. Yeah. We're going to get some more information before we hit uh, February 20th. Yep. That's for sure. It's, it's unique that we're talking about this right now because this morning, again, Tuesday, September the 29th news broke that the Tennessee Titans of the NFL have had to shut down operations because of multiple COVID tests that have come out positive in their facility. The Vikings played Tennessee this past week, so now they have shut down. And now both of those teams are sort of in this weird spot where they're not going to be able to practice or be in their facility as a team until Saturday is what it sounds like for the Titans before they play on Sunday. 
we're going to get an interesting snapshot on how the NFL handles this. And we've seen other sports, obviously, just postpone games, call things off. It'll be curious to see what football does here this coming week, given their, their first real test with this. I saw that, Alex. I know. I appreciate you bringing that up. It's a, uh, it is a challenge, and we all are learning from each other. And so I think how that plays itself out will uh, potentially make a difference even on, you know, so we talked about potentially, say, basketball schedules. Could they, could they be in an altered format this upcoming year? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I think we have what our, our schedule is today. But I think we are constantly learning. And so that one, we will t- we'll keep an eye on it and to see what effects it has on the Titans and certainly the Vikings as well. So, um, you know, between that, Alex, and then last week with uh, the Tottenham match uh, in the Europa League that got, uh, that got canceled, um, and again, I'm, no, the Carabao Cup. Sorry, uh, they they got canceled because the fourth division team was not testing, and so then they had to go to the protocols, and then they popped a number of positives and actually couldn't play as well. So I, I think we're learning about competition with all leagues around the globe. There's just so many factors that go in this, and, and especially with football, where it's such big rosters, and you know, and especially, you know, we've seen this with teams playing opponents across the country. There's just a lot that goes into trying to get this game off. And I agree with you when you say it feels like a victory when you can get to kickoff or tip-off or puck drop. If you're not in a bubble situation where everybody's separated from everybody else, these sorts of things are going to keep popping up. And it's just a matter of how you deal with them and how you respond and how you keep people safe and healthy. And it'll be fascinating to see how this week unfolds, given those the news that has just been breaking this morning. Well, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep this one... Um uh, I guess covert, but I have an anecdotal story that's interesting is that um, w- one of the my fellow ADs that I spoke with that played this past weekend, they ended up getting a, a post positive and they traced it back to when one of the student athletes on the football team was at the library. Oh, this just in our 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 student athletes are still going to school too and they have to do those types of things and so it, it's just not about that three hours of competition when, when you're watching them on a saturday yeah mm. well things to certainly keep in mind as you watch national news unfold that will have an impact on our local sports scene potentially coming up in the in the months ahead one more thing in regards to scheduling, and I don't expect there to be much new news on this, but we've talked a bit about basketball. They've got sort of a hard start date of November 25th, at least when they can start. Hockey right now is still sort of up in the air on when that is going to get started. When do you expect there to be a schedule in place or at least an idea of when that's going to be solidified as we get closer to what would have been the opening of the season on October the 3rd? Yeah, good question, Alex. Uh, we meet on a weekly basis, the athletic directors and Commissioner Fenton, and so there's a number of ideas being tossed about right now. But I think uh, as we get to mid mid October, it would seem like you know we would be about 
five weeks out from the uh, announcement we made a couple of weeks ago about not starting prior to November 20th and probably kind of uh, connecting on to when maybe basketballs are starting. So I think you'll you'll see something in, in my guesstimation. And again, this is just me. I like, right? I mean, I, I, I'm one eighth of the votes and then it goes to the presidents eventually to, to kind of, you know, discuss the possibilities that are out there. But I, I would say it'd have to be in the not so distant future just so that we can get into planning purposes. Yeah, it makes makes sense. You would think so. So keep an eye on out. Uh, sorry, keep an eye on that to come out hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Those are the big UND stories right now, Bill. Anything else on your plate that you'd like to touch on from a UND or an NCAA perspective? No, I don't think so. I, you know, I think those are the big ones. You know, I, I just wanted to make sure that that our folks were tracking that. You know, last week's. Um, I'll call them protocols that came out, uh, gave us some, uh, you know, uh, solidly gave us, uh, I guess, a roadmap on, on how you get to competition, right? And now we've got to figure out, you know, the exact way we do that here in Grand Forks. We, uh, we go from the A side to the B side, kind of a bu- busy B side, a lot of, lot of different things happening. Uh, of course, we've got all four major sports taking place at the same time. We crowned a Stanley Cup champ last night. Major League Baseball playoffs are going to start. Week three of the NFL season is going. Celtics are out of the NBA finals. Just, just missed it. Got so close, Bill, and just couldn't, couldn't finish games, quite frankly. Uh, what of all the different, and of course, um, EPL has been going on in full. Of all those things... What strikes you as the closest to your heart right now? So here's here's four quickies that I uh, will say. Steelers three and zero. I'm not sure how good they are, but they're three and zero. They may not play this weekend. They're the playing Titans. the Titans. I was going to say know, it was going to be three and zero Steelers, three and zero Titans. Mm, pro- mm, maybe not going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. it doesn't seem like it. I, I would. I, I think they've closed their facilities, Alex, through Saturday. How can they yeah. play a game on Sunday? I yeah. don't think they could. So, um, so I'm sure that's going to get postponed. Um, I, I don't know how good they are. I, they've won games. Uh, I, they're they're for, they're for sure better with Ben, right? I mean, because they they can make a third down and they can actually make a first down, right? So, <laughs> I mean, there's a start there. So, uh, yeah, they're okay. I, I mean, so they they'll um, they'll be in the hunt, I think, in the AFC. Uh, we'll see how how good they get. And Juju has been better with Ben. So that yeah. was kind of my pick to, to to kind of bounce back a little bit. He struggled last year because it was just it was tough on him. They, you know, obviously they double teamed them and had a quarterback quarterback struggled to get him the ball so um so they're they're better i i'm not i uh no parades yet though uh with the steelers <laughs> so there's that's, that that's probably fair yeah beating the giants beating the yeah. broncos and then the, te- the texans i mean even though the texans are zero and three they've now had to play the mm-hmm. ravens the chiefs and now the steelers and so I, I think that's probably a decent houston team that you just beat but yeah when you look ahead probably not going to play tennessee this weekend so there's yep. a a random open week that sort of gets shuffled in there. But then you get Philadelphia, who's just a mess. And then the Browns, who are not awful, maybe, but are not a great football team. And then you finally get tested against the Ravens on October the 25th. But this could really be kind of a you know a 5-0, 6-0 type of a Steelers team early in the season. I think as a Steelers fan, and I think as a uh, even Mike Tomlin, I, I think I heard, I talked to one of my buddies who's also a Steelers fan, he, he heard his press conference and just said, you know, we got a lot to work out. I mean, it's better to work it out at 3-0, and right, than 2-1 than and one or 1-2, one and two, but, uh, but there's a lot to work out there. So I, yeah, no, no parades yet. How about that? 
<laughs> That's fair. Uh, unfortunately, no parades for the Celtics this year as the Seas lose in six to Miami. Just a bizarre series where Boston really outplayed the Heat in the first two games, but lost them both. Tyler Hero ha- took over in game four. Like there were just different people that seemed to step up for Miami. And even though Boston had a, a couple of good games in that series, nobody really seemed to, to grab the mantle when they needed it, especially down the stretch. And that seemed to cost them in the end. Yeah, they were, uh, I thought they were beat by a better team. Um, I, I'll say team. Like, like they know their pieces fit better than the Celtics pieces fit. And maybe because, uh, you know, there was an injury earlier, but that's just part of the whole deal going through the playoffs. And so, you know, Hayward was okay. Um, he wasn't great. Kemba, I thought his size got exposed. Um, and, and obviously, Bam just took it took advantage of uh um their weaknesses down low so i thought tice tried to play him as tough as he could but you know um he was just you know outsized in a sense and so uh but yeah it was weird i i they they they, uh are not it seemed like they were tight to me um especially when it got to crunch time and so I thought the better team won, and I think Miami has a shot against the Lakers. I'll be honest with you. I, I think uh, Bam will be uh, will give uh, Davis a, a, a tough go. Now, what they do with LeBron, who knows? I guess maybe Butler, and then. Uh, but I think they have some guys on their in their rotation that they know their roles and, and they play it pretty well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it was a weird series because. You know, Boston was the favorite, quote unquote, in terms of Vegas, and they were the higher seed. But it felt like Miami was. The better team all along had been playing and well had been playing better in the bubble than Boston had. And it just wasn't maybe a big shock that the Celtics couldn't find a way to get past. But again, hopefully, you know, young Celtics team, weird, weird experience being in the bubble for as long as that. It's it, no home court advantage. It's just so hard to to read too much from this particular postseason to carry it forward. Kind of like in hockey as well. Hard to re- read as much as maybe you normally would in a, in a typical year. You know, for Boston though, again. You would say they probably overachieved, right? Making the Eastern Conference Finals. I think everybody would have said, oh, this will be maybe the Bucks, maybe the, you know, at least at least going into the postseason. I, I think I would have been happy with, with the Eastern Conference Final, given what the Bucks and the Raptors had done during the regular season. Maybe I'm alone in that. Well, then, then you get greedy. Then things start breaking your way. And, True. you know, you start thinking, well, this might be the year, right? And because the East will get, I think, uh, you know, more difficult. Obviously, Kyrie and Durant will be back with Brooklyn next year, so that'll be more difficult. The Heat will be just a year older, and that doesn't mean that they're going to be any better. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they yeah. they might be hitting their apex right now, but and then I think as long as Giannis is in Milwaukee, they're going to be tough. So I, at the end, uh, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, they they're they've got to figure it out a little bit. They they were so loose with the ball at times. They're just frustrating. I mean, it like it felt like tennis, right? A lot of unforced turnovers. Yeah. Just 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 in in the half court. It was just odd. So, I mean, you got to value, you know, value possessions especially late in games and it felt like uh Boston was a lot looser with the ball than Miami was. Can I be honest? They they were tough to watch. I really had a tough time watching yeah. this team. There were there were a couple of games, especially in that Heat series, where I just I just couldn't watch anymore. I just I had to shut it off and go do something else. It just was it was painful <laughs> to see them turn the ball over as much as they did in crunch time. It's really difficult. So yeah. hopefully they grow out of that. And you know, part of it is you've got to remember, I guess, through all of this, or at least I have to keep reminding myself that's really Kemba's first deep run in the playoffs and he's still only on the team for the first year 
And so it felt like they just didn't have an idea of kind of what they do when it's a really, uh, you know, possession by possession game at the end of the game. When Hey, they were up 12, 14, no problem, right? I mean, they can yeah. close it out for the most part. Well, but at the end of the mm. day, they struggled. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Even some of those were know, they, dicey they down there, the stretch. They, they somehow got They there. did, they did. Oh, well, should be a fun finals. Yep, Lakers heat, the LeBron Bowl, the Pat Riley Bowl. It's going to oh, be good. Should, oh, yeah. should be fun. It'll be good. Uh, playoffs just beginning for Major League Baseball. We aren't going to spend a lot of time on this. Have you watched any baseball this year outside of an odd Red Sox game or two? So I had on my radar screen on Saturday, and it just didn't happen. I wanted to see Tanner Houck pitch uh, because mm. I'm at least that was a bright spot, um, him coming up knowing that he's going to be in the rotation next year. And I and obviously he must have pitched pretty well uh, against Atlanta. So that was that was a bright spot. The answer is no, Alex. And, and I, you know, and it's, it doesn't mean that uh, I was like protesting at all it's just at the end of the day um they were just so bad that it's just not worth uh investing right now they they took a gap year so i took a gap year i feel the same way and i don't know if that makes us it's kind of one of those things i don't think that makes us fair weather fans no that we why would we want to spend four hours a night watching a team that's terrible that is kind of chosen to be bad yep i just i just think that's just not in our best interest well here's what i'm gonna i got a trivia question for you (laughs) please this is fascinating to me and i i i shared it with another these are all you know red Sox fans that that i've uh no i we could rationalize look you know you got to earn our attention at that point at this point and and you know what this year they made a choice and so i made a choice (laughs) and so uh that that's how that works but so the last decade the last decade they won two world series which is awesome lots of teams would sign up for that how many times from 2010 to 2020 let's even say 2011 to 2020 if that's 10 years did they finish in last place in their division well obviously this year they yep. finished in last uh, i'm gonna say three times three four, times four times four times my goodness because they went from worst to first yeah back to worst yeah and what was the other year? When 15 and 16, there? apparently. Yeah, back to back. Oh, man. I must I have mean, blocked those think out. about that. Think about <laughs> that for a half a second. So they've made a choice as a franchise right now that either we're all in this year and we have a chance or uh, we're not. Yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting model. That's an interesting model. To that take. is an interesting model. And, and I think part of it has to do with they've had, what, four GMs over that time frame, too? And so I think you've got four different philosophies permeating the team. Makes it tough sometimes. Yeah. yeah it makes it tough to move forward. So mm. there you go. So four, think about it, four last place finishes. And sorry, Bubba, but that includes the Orioles in our division. I know we just about, we had a nice little run there at the end of the season. We got to a game within a game of Baltimore for fourth place in the East. Couldn't quite overtake them in the ends. Mm. Not great, mm. but it's okay. It's it's a write off. We're moving on. They'll hire Alex Cora back next year, and <laughs> I see that happening. I do it's probably going to happen. Happening. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh man. Well, we'll see. Well, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over it. Um, one thing you could probably lose sleep over were, were Spurs this weekend. A really difficult handball decision to Tottenham in a one-one draw against Newcastle. That wasn't the only bad handball decision. But did did you watch in your thoughts on what happened to Eric Dyer? So I've heard a number of folks uh, talk about it um, in a couple different pods and including, including 
the manager of, of Newcastle, uh, indicating that something's got to change. Yeah, Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce benefited and didn't even like it. Hated it. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. But here's the one thing that's uh, in, in trying to be so objective, you're, <laughs> the unintended consequences are so great that at this point in time, if I am a, if I'm a, if I'm a, let's just say 11 through 20 team in the table, I'm actually going to teach trying to head the ball into someone's, let's call it hand, which is really all the way to the back of your shoulder. Because at the end of the day, to score a goal on a header is really hard. But this one might be easier, and then it basically gives you an op- a 90% opportunity to score a goal. I mean, it's true. It's a situation where it feels like IFAB, so this is the ruling body that governs yeah, essentially the rules in, in world soccer, have sort of taken this rule, which was sort of just put in place to keep people from just blatantly cheating and picking up the ball. And it's become now this thing that it's like anytime the ball's anywhere near your hand or your arm and... It's like arms, it's like, it's like they don't believe in arms, like that arms don't exist or they shouldn't exist. And if the arm happens to get in the way of the ball, even if you're not doing it intentionally, or in Eric Dyer's case, if you can't even see it, that that should result in a penalty if it happens inside the 18-yard box. And like you said, there's an 80% conversion rate on a penalty. And in a game that really only offers up maybe two, three, four, you know, golden chances to score a goal in a match, it's changing the results of these games. It's just, it's incredible. There were three big ones in the Premier League this past weekend that were just almost inexplicable. And it seems like this is happening every weekend. And it's really too bad. It's sort of like taken away from what the game is supposed to be about. And it's not, it shouldn't be this. We always talk about replay, how replay was supposed to fix things. Now we don't really think that it has. It's kind of made things worse. This is another case. It's like, we're trying to fix something that wasn't broken and it's made things so much worse. Yeah, and so what you've ended up doing, and, and in this particular case, Alex, which is interesting, how it played itself out was, let's just, like, can we, like, somewhere along the line, where does common sense fit in? Like, where is it? Like, you can say, well, that's what the rule, uh, you know, that's what it says, so I'm going to, apply it specifically black and white i get it but at the end of the day i think i think i could be wrong but i think the ball being headed was like being headed towards the sideline wasn't even being headed towards the goal i mean so it's like what there was like no chance of that thing going in and but 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 now you've given some it's like looking at a stolen base whether you're safe or out and saying, oh, we missed the call, you get a three-run homer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good analogy, right? to be honest. It's that's like, pretty oh, much yeah, it. it's a 0-0 zero, zero game. I know that he's pitching a no-hitter against you, and he just walked you. It's the first base runner you've had. I'm sorry, we called you out. You're safe. You get three runs. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it just that, that was just like back-to-back games over the weekend. And, you know, again, the Palace game was even actually, uh, uh, you know, deeper into the game, if you can imagine that. And and here's the other thing, Alex. I don't understand on the other side. I thought Lo Celso, I, I thought that was an issue. Like, like they, like it, actually, you could have argued that the Spurs should have gotten a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> well, he hits, he hits LaSalle's arm. Like, it's the exact same scenario where the ball's played inside the box off a defender's arm, and they didn't call that one. It's just... That's the thing. It'd be one thing if they were consistent, but there really hasn't been consistency either. And they're supposed to be, again, the video assistant referee is supposed to be used in clear and obvious mistakes, you know, to, to, correct, to correct 
clear and obvious errors. And I don't think, you know, these aren't clear and obvious. It's just really difficult. I, I feel bad for referees right now because they've, they've interpreted this rule in a weird way. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's something that just needs to change. It's, it's really too bad that they're going this direction. You know, the one pod I listened to, and I thought it was really good, and, and they made this point too, is that you go to a stadium, let's just assume you have fans at some point, but you go to a stadium and there's a really good chance, there's a really good chance that the amount of true opportunities you have to really score in a match is really small and there's a really good chance that the joy and the emotion of actually scoring a goal and winning and having that unbridled joy is actually now taken away because of VAR because everyone's now looking over their shoulder so like you can't actually be excited when a goal goes in actually you just have to like wait and see right and then you sort of say oh okay cool we scored <laughs> it's the same thing with the offsides rule now, where the the line judges have been told to keep their flags down. So you don't know, like in the Liverpool Arsenal match on Monday, there were a couple of times when it felt like, gosh, you know, Aubameyang is way offside, or William is way offside, or Salah is way offside, and they let the play continue, and you kind of think they're going to blow this dead, right? If he scores, right, this won't count, will it? And most of the time, that was the case. The play finishes, somebody makes a save, or the ball goes out, and then you see the flag go up. And then one of the times it wasn't, Lacazette was onside and has this chance against Allison and he makes the save. But you're sort of thinking, well, this won't count even if he makes it. But what if it, oh my gosh, what if it does count? Is this real? And then it ended up being like a real thing. It just sort of, you don't know what you're seeing anymore. Are we, it's like the matrix right now. Like things just don't see, you don't know what's real and what isn't. And there's no reason for it to be like this. It's the, it's the dumbest thing. And what I are we think, doing? Yeah, what are we I doing think, right well, now? I know. What are we doing? I, I don't know. Like that's the point to all that. Like uh, one of the, one of the uh, guys that uh, writes for the athletic for this uh, and follows the Spurs, he was making the point that he was looking back at Scott sports and some of the goals like and just watching the joy of the stadium and the teams and he's like well that wouldn't have happened (laughs) i mean really i mean Mm -hmm. and so think about it like clear and obvious errors you want to fix but at some point the human element is i think part of it and if it's if it's questionable and that's what was called on 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 the pitch so to speak i I think you kind of go with it i mean the only and we've had this how many conversations in our 77 pods is the only (laughs) the only replay system that is flawless is tennis tennis that's it that's it and i would assume volleyball at some point in time will get there because it's like the same sport right it's the same it's the same concept and eventually but everything else has subjectivity to it so then the question is how much do you want to give up on the other side and you know what Based on this weekend, you give up a lot. I think yeah. you give up a lot, and I thought Mourinho handled it well. I mean, you know, he just—he <laughs> just mean, he, he was, just you know, passive aggressive it. about it. But at the end of the day, it, you know, it just—what are you going to say? Yeah. So yeah, it was disappointing. And then the other side of it is, is just I don't even know what you do with all these matches they have. I mean, it's fixture after fixture after fixture. I mean, I you know, Sun went out with a hamstring on Sunday, and you know, and they play Chelsea today, and then they try to make it into Europa on Thursday. That's after playing last week, and then they play Man U on Sunday, and it's just yeah. I, I, there's just too much there's too much wear on their tires, Alex. Too much it feels wear. that way. Yeah, it will be awfully difficult for them to make it through, especially this stretch when it is so many 
congested matches back to back to back. A couple, you know, three matches a week now after a really shortened summer where you were playing yep. until the end of July. It's it's going to take its toll on these guys. You're going to have a you're, you're going to need to have a deep squad this year to have any chance of winning the league or going deep in one of these cups. And so we'll see. I get, got you you strengthened a little bit though since the last time we talked. Dareth Bale coming yeah. in from Real Madrid. Uh, Regulon, who's a left back, who's going to come in as well from Spain. So a couple of good additions that can be starting 11 type players. Just a matter of how quickly they can get bedded in and if, if the team can still hang in there until they do. Are you guys playing Arsenal again on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, we play Arsenal again. Yeah. So you just, just play Arsenal every single week? Is that how that we just keep, that's that's how it's set up? Yeah, we're just going to keep playing Arsenal. <laughs> so, uh, but I'll tell you what, I was, I all of the issues that we've talked about before, I think just brought itself out even further. You know, last week, and 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 I again, I say this with all due respect, officiating is hard 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 and i and i mean this i i just would rather not know who the officials are they just kind of are put in a good position to be able to um you know do a really difficult job but they've got almost an impossible situation right now i mean yeah. the, the question i have alex i mean so so here's the deal why is there a guy behind home plate still calling balls and strikes then because <laughs> baseball's clinging on man they're just hanging in just put a robot back there. I mean, really. I mean, I, seriously. I, I mean, what? Why? You know. I mean, if that's where we're going, then that let's, I guess, go there. But I believe that the uh, Premier League, if you, they get in the two Robbies, and you know, I, I thought they were pretty good um, on Sunday. Uh, you know, Robbie Earl has not been. Let's just say he's let the Spurs have it many times because they sometimes are pretty soft, but he, he was just disgusted with that whole thing and it's not good. And I think he's a former defender, I believe. And I think his whole point was, I don't even know what you do as a defender. Like, like, like if you don't defend, that's an issue, right? And so now you have to defend, but the the definition of a hand blows me away. Like I still am blown away by the champions league final when, 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 when you all scored like a a second into the game, like, like that was like so huge of a call. And I guess it was right, but man, what a boy that puts the whole match in a different spot. Yeah. Goals change games and calls like that lead to goals. And yeah. that's what we're going to have to keep dealing with until they decide to change the rules or change the interpretation. So, with on that note, uh, <laughs> we love replay on this spot. It's fantastic. Let's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Alex, always good to uh, to catch up. And like I said, I, I think it feels like we're a little bit in every other week mode. So we'll probably uh, maybe be doing the same thing two weeks from now. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Awesome. Well, uh, good stuff. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Good luck figuring all this out, Bill. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alex. For Bill Shaves, for Cassie Niles, our producer, I'm Alex Heinert. Thanks again for listening to the Bill Shaves podcast. Be safe out there as well. Stay healthy, stay positive. See you next time.